Money, 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 money. Who loves some money? I love some money. You know what? I want more money. I want yeah. money that is going to give me a lot of good pay. You know, one of the good models is Seattle, Washington, and I want to see that go to the rest of the country. I want to see that where I am. I want to see that. I want. I want to see that overridden Prop Twenty Two. I want to see Prop Twenty Two become unconstitutional and uh, unenforceable, and then all of a sudden they bring in the Seattle and Washington model. And everybody who's watching right now, you're going to see exactly why we're talking about this in just a minute. I mean, obviously, it's the title for today. But, uh, yeah, we got we got something going on when it comes to Seattle, when it comes to Washington. Uh, we're going to bring a couple of people on uh, in just a few minutes talking about, you know, how they made this happen. There's a five-step playbook. So if you're interested in getting great rates when it comes to time and distance and still being able to see where you're going, pick up and drop off um you know it's it's a great model all around uh we're gonna have them on in just a couple of minutes so let's do the rundown real quick uh we have uh special guests walt joshua and peter coming on in just a couple of minutes talking about that we're gonna be talking about uh the, the seattle washington state playbook the model what's going on there a lot of information really quick uh because they're on about for 30 minutes or so then we're going to be talking about Minnesota. Gig workers are going uh, back to Governor Waltz after defeat. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Uber earnings report. Uh, obviously, it came out last week. Uh, Lyfts came out earlier today. We're going to talk about Lyfts next week, though. Um, and then we're going to be talking about the uh, gig worker future segment that we are starting to do every week. Uh, this one, we're going to be talking about should you put Uber driving on your resume? So if you're going to go back to a job, should you be putting Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, whatever your gig work is on your resume? We're going to be talking about that. And then uh, we're going to be talking about Lyft rides. They got cheaper. What's going on with that? According to some journalists, because of the massive layoffs at Lyft, or is there something else going on? Uh, and then Uber is getting an exclusive contract with Domino's Pizza. So should you look into it? Uh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Sergio, anything to say real quick? <laughs> no man you did all of it um you know we're going to talk about uh, three important people who are at the negotiating table when it came to uh talking to uber and lyft in washington state in seattle and you know what better way than hear from the horse's mouth and yep. you know i am personally committed i know you are um and i know a lot of our audiences to getting rid of upfront fares if not getting rid of you know creating some sort of situation that you know, we have rate cards again, as opposed to just some algorithm in a black box deciding what I'm worth. I'm worth what yeah, I no more, I no more rate, rate rebalancing. Yeah, no more that you get paid less for late, long trips. No more. Oh, you got a forty dollars sticky sticky surge, but because there's some discrepancy between rideshare and and food delivery surge amounts, that you're not going to get yeah. the full surge. In fact, you're going to get negative. No, none of that stuff. Yeah, it's um, a stupid model. So um, exactly. Yeah, but before man. we get started, we do want to thank uh, today's sponsor. Uh, today's sponsor is MIMO. So if you're looking to level up your financial game, let me introduce you to MIMO, your ultimate financial companion. MIMO is the mobile app designed for self-employed workers like you. It brings all your income sources together and effortlessly tracks your earnings across all your gigs in one easy app called MIMO. But that's not all. MIMO helps you hit your financial goals by automatically tracking your progress helping you stay motivated and earn more every step of the way. In fact, MIMO users who set a goal in the app make 12% more than users who don't, which means you can get to your goals faster. And when it comes to taxes, my MIMO has you covered. 
can get free tax estimates when you earn and that and when you know what you owe, which is going to save you serious money on expensive accountant fees. And you can even get answers to important tax questions for free uh, instantly with my most built-in AI accountant. Click the link in the description more for more information and to download the free app. Absolutely. Please do it because a lot of drivers don't pay attention to <clears throat> financial freedom or you know financial future for themselves. Um, this is a great app that's gonna, that can guide you helps you, you know, uh, get you your tax budgets correct, get everything else in order so you know how you're running your business profitably or you're not making any money. So you please, uh, you know, it's very important to us. This segment, we're going to do a segment about, you know, uh, on each show, we're going to do a segment about financial future of gig workers. And uh, MIMO is going to be an integral part of that process. So with that said, let's bring on our guests all right so uh, just a quick background we got peter coming on right now peter thank you for coming on you're a right held uh driver who completed more than forty thousand trips congrats on that uh from uber and lyft you're the president of the drivers union voice of fairness for ride hail drivers in washington state uh peter is also a human rights activist and immigrant from south sudan in 2014 he began organizing fellow Uber and Lyft drivers in Seattle after uh, drivers began to see their pay routinely cut and face termination without reason or recourse. By organizing together as a union, uh, Washington state drivers have won the strongest labor protections for Uber and Lyft drivers in the country, including a nation-leading fair pay standard, just cause protections against fair unfair termination, and benefits including paid sick time, workers' comp, unemployment, and paid family and medical leave prior to driving for uber and lyfts peter also worked as a taxi cab driver thank you for coming on peter thank you thank you thank you so much Chris. yeah uh you're All welcome right. peter um yeah i want to move to seattle <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, welcome. I know, right? you're welcome to seattle. I mean, all yeah. of those all those are great um we also have walt coming on welcome walt uh walt you're an active member of the drivers union serving on multiple driver leadership committees with the union and you also started driving as ride hail driver in 2015 and now giving over 13,000 trips on Uber and Lyft. We had you on, I think, actually, I believe it was literally this week last year. Um, and you've also been on, you know, a few months ago, kind of giving an update to Seattle's uh, model in Washington, what's going on there. Uh, so welcome back. Uh, great to have you. Good to see you, Walt. Uh, he's a great veteran. To be, great to be he's here. Veteran of Show Me the Money. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and we, in fact, talked about Walt last week. You know, he was the one that discovered the quarter of a penny slippage, as we call it, or shaving, as we call it. Oops. I mean, you know, you and know, he caught it and he, he got drivers $200,000. I mean, here you go. You know what I mean? You got a whole you know, a penny from every, every ride from every driver. Uh, you know, I'm a millionaire in no time. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, well, I mean, what is, how long was that that they went back? So two hundred thousand dollars for fifteen thousand drivers. That was about uh, on a quarter a of a penny. Yeah. So there you go. That was just like the first three and a half months of the year, basically. Yeah. There you wow. Go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's great. <clears throat> um, and then we also have Joshua coming on. Welcome, Joshua. Thank you. Uh, Joshua is uh, worked as a union community organizer for over twenty years. Uh, Josh's career has focused on building worker power by running successful field campaigns to win groundbreaking labor standards. And this is by far a groundbreaking labor standard when it comes to what's going on in Washington, what's going on in, in Seattle, 
how you guys got here uh, when it comes to the pay rates, when it comes to all the, these, you know, benefits like workers comp, uh, paid time off, sick time, medical leave, all of that. So uh, it's great to have you guys on. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate the time. And without further ado, let's get right into it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I've been, I've been a huge fan of the Seattle, well, Washington state model for a couple of years. Um, I think gig work has come to a point that legislation is, a, is the necessary evil, let's say. Okay. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the government. You know, I don't like government getting involved in my business, but at some point fairness has to come into play. And I think what the country is experiencing with upfront fares, which you guys don't have up there, um, has to stop. I mean, this is becoming just silly gamification, gamblification, algorithmic wage discrimination. We don't need any of this. We just don't need it. And we're also worried that it's going to infiltrate in other you know, businesses, regular W-2s, because that's what these companies want to do. Now, um, but before we get to where we got to today or how we got to today, you know, I want to hear from each of you short, you know, how it all started, right? Did it start at the city level? Did it immediately go statewide? what your roles individual roles were you know from the first meeting that maybe two drivers met maybe peter met with another driver said you know i have this idea in my head we should form a driver's union in washington state i just want to hear all of it i want to hear how it started and then how it accelerated what was done for it to become a grassroots kind of a campaign and then legislatures got involved obviously with the help of teamsters uh, a, a union and then what Walt's you know um, job was, or what Walt's input was, and Peter's and and Joshua's, and all three people, from what I know, were at the negotiating table when Uber and Lyft was at the table negotiating these rates and rights for drivers. And I just want to hear all of it, so we can transfer that, or we can amplify your voices, because I personally am going to do anything and everything I can in my power um, to to push this model throughout the country and um so and with all that floor is yours you guys can pick where who, who wants to start and go ahead yeah well it, it started with building a driver-led union and then working in coalition with other partners not just the drivers and then when we we had to relentlessly focus on drive, driver demands so that we made sure we were listening to the people who are out there who had the concerns and then the fourth point was we wanted to know our opponent because Uber and Lyft, they, they'll use every trick in the book. And I know you've seen it here and there. Um, and we, you have to expect the unexpected and prepare for it. And then the last point is we had to do things step by step. We had to get concrete improvements and then build off of those. And each time we gain something, we got more power to get to the next step. Uh, so it wasn't like, you know, building Rome in one day. We had to really just sort of build off it. And we still are building off of it because the, the fire. Okay. Um, yeah, we lost Walt for a minute. Um, Peter, um, I mean, you're the president of the Washington Drivers Union, right? Current president. How did you start? How did you start the union? What was your thought process? Well, um, like... Um, uh, Walter just mentioned it, you know, thank you, uh, Sergio and Chris. My name is Peter Quill. I'm a president of Rabbi Union. And you mentioned already my biograph. I don't want to go there. Um, you say a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, when we started, actually, 
were drivers. You know, we, I was originally a cab driver, and then when the company came, they gave a lot of money to our to the to the to the drivers. People moved from uh, taxi cab company to Uber. We moved all of us, and then we see the decline in the next two years. That was 2012, 2014. The decline of price, termination of drivers, uh, and, and all those things. So we decided to form a union, form organization. We start in, at a gas station, talking with one another, drivers, what's going on, and that's how we started. Then when we, when we see that as a very strong union, we say, well, let us find expert that can help us, you know, expert and knowledge, knowledgeable people that can help then we join the Timister local 117 help okay. us okay. Um, so doing Joshua, what this, is, this is where Teamsters and you come into play right um, so there is a driver's union who is looking for some maybe leadership or some guidance or you know some contacts in the legislative legislative bodies of the state and you do have you did have that and so how what was your role in all of this to st at the start yeah, well, thanks so much for having us, uh, uh, Chris and Sergio. And a lot of this started, um, uh, you know, even before my involvement at the uh, uh, union. And I'm glad you ground it in, uh, you know, Peter's experience and the experience of drivers coming together and saying, um, hey, we need to do something. We need to have more power together than we have separately, because that's where it, you know, is the foundation. But, um, you know, it's also true that there are you know, there's a broad labor movement, right? Um, there's, uh, you know, community organizations that have, um, you know, kind of a history uh, of uh, um, uh, running successful campaigns to win uh, improvements. And, you know, uh, Teamsters Union, it, you know, has been around in the transportation industry since when transportation was, uh, you know, uh, 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 running teams of horses. That's really where the name Teamsters comes from, actually, right? right? Um, and uh, so Teamsters had, uh, uh, you know, in our neck of the woods, a history before Uber and Lyft um, were in existence of working with drivers in the for hire transportation industry. Um, and so it was kind of a natural place for uh, uh, Uber and Lyft drivers who wanted to organize to come uh, and, uh, you know, gain support and, and, and connections. And um, but it doesn't start uh, stop there. You know, when we won the you know seattle policy um uh, uh the uh, uh driver leaders built a coalition uh not just of labor but also of more than 70 plus uh community organizations the mosques where people pray religious uh you know communities uh affordable housing uh transportation and transit advocates um to come together and say um you know, look, uh, the driver issues are not just the worker, the individual worker, right? But it's about all of our community. And that's the kind of power that, um, um, you know, is uh, important in the, you know, in the playbook. It's not just getting the right policy. Policy is important, right? But it's about how do you build enough power um, to win that policy? And that is the combination of drivers organizing together. It's got to start there, right? Um, and then building that coalition with um, uh, labor, community, faith-based organizations to, um, uh, you know, kind of put your hands on the on the levers of power at, at City Hall or at the state capitol. Yeah. So from my understanding, it started all in the city of Seattle, right? 
this uh, you know once the city uh, passed city legislatures as you may or may not know the same thing is happening now in minneapolis right so the yep. minnesota governor vetoed a bill that was passed by both houses of um, the state but he vetoed it unfortunately uh, with the lobbying power of these two companies and uh but now they're coming back now there's I, I don't know if they spoke to you or not but it seems like they are exactly following the playbook meaning start in the city of minneapolis right the the city council is passing this ordinance well they're discussing it on august 8th they'll hopefully pass it with much higher rates for just a city and then hopefully they're going to follow your playbook and spread it throughout the state right so is that what happened in up in Washington state? It started in the, within the city of Seattle and then it kind of spread afterwards. Is that what took place, Walt? Right, right. It is start in yeah, Seattle. Well, we, in a... um... Either Go one ahead. of you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Uh, Will. Yeah, well, we, uh, yeah. we started in Seattle um, primarily because that's where most of the drivers who uh, were organizing uh, drove. Um, but also uh, we were able to as Joshua said, build coalitions with other interests like the public transportation uh, uh, advocates and the uh, affordable housing advocates and, and have everybody come together and realize that we needed to, to make it this a fair deal for all of us. So it's really sustainable across the board. And yeah. um, it, it was important that we had the voice as, as a union in order to do this because Previously, you know, when I, I was complaining about the, the wage cuts that we were getting year after year, um, I'd be on Facebook just, you know, shouting and people were like, yeah, we hear you, but, but nothing was happening. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I actually uh, the union and got together with other drivers that, that we actually had the ability for our voice to be heard and yeah. in, in a way that the political class couldn't ignore us. And yeah. we were lucky in a sense that, uh, you know, there, there were some politicians that wanted to, um, to, to say, hey, we're going to do some good things for the drivers. But we actually had to put the brakes on it a little bit because what they were proposing wasn't actually going to help us as much as it really should have. So we, yeah. we were able to stop them and say, hey, our voice to back you in this process, you got to make sure you do it right. So, Peter, um, so, you, you know, you started with this union idea, Washington Drivers Union, right? And then you're starting in the city of Seattle. Um, you, you obviously, you're a veteran driver. You know how many cuts you've been through as a driver, right, as far as fair cuts is concerned. And, you know, I do, you know, see this quite often in the driver community. You know, everybody talks a lot, but when it comes to doing stuff, nobody does anything, right? Everybody is pissed off that the rates are low, you know, there's unjust deactivations, there's this, there's that. But when we're trying to put a group together, they all disappear. They're all run like headless chickens to all the corners of the world. I'm like, look, this is, the, this is not a game we're playing. We're playing against Goliath. We have to have a united voice, right? How did you accomplish that, Peter? How did you bring all these drivers together? Because I sure know from our audience that there are a lot of people who are pissed off. If they could jump ship tomorrow to another company that does it better, they would do it in a heartbeat, right? Because the dissatisfaction rate is very high right now in the driver community outside Washington State. So how did you bring all these drivers together, Peter? What did you do? Because I want to do it. I mean, it's like, but then I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, Sergio. It's, it's, it's kind of like tough. But when you, when you have a commitment, drivers, you have a, you have a way to do it. 
the way we used to do is we have a bank calling, you know, uh, we call all the drivers. We are the least when we meet them organizing, we take their name, their phone, their email. And when we plan to have a band or anything we want to do, we just go to all those phone numbers and call them, all of them, that we have a band on this day and let us meet at this time in this location, especially Seattle, and we meet. We have that meeting, we have that rally, we have all what we want by calling all of them. And not only calling matter, but we go to where they gather. You know, we have airport, we have a lot of drivers, like more than 200 drivers. Yeah. Sometimes go to 300 drivers. So we go to them and talk to them, hand them flyers, and we talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. And another thing, we go to the gas station where they, they gather. When they take a break, they want to get a coffee or use a restroom, we go to them and tell them, hey, we have a band like this, we have thing like this, you go. And yeah. mostly the community drivers do that job. You know, it was not easy, it was a tough. And on the road, some drivers also say, oh, you take too long. They yeah. want to get out. Yeah. But the people who continue doing it, we are able to bring all of them. Yeah, so there's because, power in numbers, we know that, right? But then, you know, power in numbers is not something Uber is going to care about or Lyft is going to care about or the legislatures are going to talk about or care about until they have some sort of gain out of it or whatever it is, right? Because you have, so you have to have the ears. You can have the, all the ears in the world to listen to your problems, but then to bring legislation or do something about it takes more than just getting drivers together. So I feel like, you know, the Teamsters had something to do with that. So Joshua, how did that process work? Like this transition from a driver union, Washington Drivers Union coming to you guys and then, uh, and, you know, because I want to understand the process. Now I clearly understand. It was like a grassroots kind of a, you know, phone calls, door to door, basically getting drivers together, get the voices out there. And then now we have a united voice and now we want representation. So was the Teamsters, were you guys the one that was the representatives of this voice? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, it, it it helps to have a coalition. It helps to have institutional, uh, 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 you know, backing a political program. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, neither of those elements by itself is going to do it. Right. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, without the engagement of drivers themselves, putting the demands on the table, putting the action and being relentless and being, you know, persistent. Um, Cause you know, remember, um, and not that this has to be the same way in other places, right? Because there has been some model built. There's been some, you know, uh, ground, uh, you know, plowed. But, um, uh, 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 but you know, we didn't win the first time around, right? Um, you know, um, uh, you know, we passed a collective bargaining law in 2015 in the city of Seattle that got held up for, uh, you know, in court by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, um, uh, you know, at behest of Uber, right? And so when we look at what's happening in um, in you know minneapolis and the veto from the governor right um uh what we say is hey um uh uh, uh we've seen this uh you know before that setback is just a step along the road to victory right yeah. um because all of the driver power that got organized and you've seen the photos and the videos and everything of you know drivers in the in in, in the capital right um 
um, it put a demand on the political establishment that needs to be reckoned with, right? And now it's coming back at the you know city of Minneapolis. Um, um, and you know this playbook, whether it's in Seattle, whether it's in Minneapolis, whether it's in Chicago or other places, right? Um, uh, uh, of uh, uh, the combination of um, uh, driver power um, and uh, you know institutional coalition power from organized labor and uh, community um um is uh you know is the recipe for uh you know building power but you know um and i know you'll get into this it doesn't stop there you still have to know your opponent and what are the yeah. tactics and, and strategies that they're going to play right yeah. um uh, uh, uh because they're not uh you know silent partners <laughs> no, um, in this yeah. whole effort i mean absolutely i'm sure they rejected the idea initially right and then uh but then um how was the process of getting them to the table, because I know Walt has told me in the past that, you know, they threatened with a Proposition 22 like, you know, situation up in Seattle. And they said, you know, if you guys don't this, we're going to do this. But I'm sure they had something to say about it as well. They didn't just, you know, kneel down in front of drivers or unions and said, oh, yeah, we accept these great rates. We'll give you all these benefits. Right. So there was a process to get here. So. So legislation was passed in the city of Seattle. It lasted what, however long it lasted. And uh, now, how do you take that from a city level to a state level, statewide level? So whoever wants to take that on, you know, you guys can do that. And I really particularly am interested, since you all were there at the table, what did Uber come, you know, what, or Lyft come to the table with? What were their rates? What were their proposals? I want to talk both sides about that, like how those negotiations went. Any one of you. Well, Peter, I mean, you may want to, uh, you know, dive in on this, but I mean, it, 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 uh, uh, you know, on the first day that the uh, pay rates um, um, increased in the city of Seattle, um, you know, drivers said, wow, this is great, right? Um, we're getting, you know, increased, uh, 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 you know, time, distance, et cetera, right? Um, now it's a, a buck 50 a mile. It's, uh, you know, 64 cents a minute, right? Um, and then on day two, the driver said, hey, but what about um, my trip outside the city of Seattle, uh, the airports outside the city of Seattle? Um, uh, what about when I go down to uh, Tacoma, which is only half an hour away or whatever? Um, so it's, a, you know, that demand of now it's time to expand our pay our, our, and our rights and our protections, right, um, uh, you know, came into play. And so that was the, uh, you know, a, 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 the launching pad for, you know, the expansion, um, you know, statewide to go to the state capitol. Um, and, you know, I don't know, Peter, Walt, if you, you know, I'll, I'll want to comment yeah. on that piece of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like driver were motivated when the, when the law of the Seattle went to effect. You know, the driver got a protection, you know, in the city of Seattle. As, and also city of Tacoma, as long as you pick up in Seattle, you get a protection. As long as you come from Islamic country, you pick up in Seattle, you get a protection. That one was a motivated factor. And also the payers in Seattle, that was limited only to Seattle, was a motivated factor. So it led to all the drive, drivers to unite. How about if we go statewide? You know, it, it will be good. And also the sick pay that we get 2020 during the, the COVID was for Seattle. But as long as you pick up in Seattle, you, you, you work in Islamish or Pierre County, you get a sick pay. How about if we go out? And make it as a statewide 
demand for all the drivers in Washington State. That how all the drivers jump into that we have to do it, and we did it with the support of the Teamster and the labor union at all, and also the community. Community also was with the one also leading, you know, with us supporting us all the way down till we make it to Olympia. And we made it in 2020, uh, 2020 was sick pay, and 2020, 2022, we get this statewide, you know, into into uh, a statewide uh, um, law that protect protect drivers that pay uh, raise the pay for all the Washington Washingtonian, and also that give them a benefit, you know, including the sick pay for all of them, and also uh, workers come in case you get protection, and and, and the rest, including 2023, we get this medical and family leave, you know, and these are the things that, uh, it was the drivers who started in Seattle and move along, you know, all the drivers united, and say we have to fire, and this, this is not the end, so we still, drivers still need more on, on what what they deserve yeah so walter um this, i mean i know all of this is, is great and good but it's not going to be without rejection or resistance or lobbying or whatever they do that they have to do right so yeah, i mean you, you, you can't go to uber that. yeah you can't go to uber and say i want this and this and this if I, i'm i'm not going to drive i go i don't care there's ten thousand other drivers that are going to drive so there was some give and take here right it wasn't like you demanded and they said yes yeah, no, we had to, um, to to navigate through the political process at the state level, um, but it, that was made a lot easier by being able to show that we did things in Seattle, and Uber and Lyft said the sky was going to fall, and lo and behold, there there there's still a sky out there. So um, by being able to show that, um, drivers can actually make sustainable wages and the system doesn't have to break and we don't have to lose our flexibility and we can get things like de deactivation protection and stuff like that. Um, that uh, enabled us to be able to make a, a good argument against the, the default things that Uber and Lyft go around all the time. And they'll, they'll send you push notifications on your phone saying, dun, 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 this new bill is going through and it's going to cause you to lose this, that, and the other. And, and we had to deal with that. Having of Seattle being successful really helped in diffusing the endless lies and, you know, misdirection that uh, Uber and Lyft were doing in order to continue to, you know, pay us and give us no, no rights and benefits. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, it's like I, I compared this to an analogy, if I could, you know, uh, put it in other words, is it starts like a little small fire, right? And then you build a fire up, right? It just was it started in a little Seattle. Throwing things and in then, well, you, you know, it didn't make sense that it shouldn't be statewide. And then Seattle, you know, it was in existence in the city of Seattle for a while. All the over, you know, skies falling, the demand is going to get crushed. Nobody's going to do it. You're going to lose your flag. None of that happened. Right. Because every time I hear that in any other city, I have said it to Uber and Lyft myself. I said, show me the data. You want to pull out? Go ahead, pull out. Have a nice day. But show me the data because you demand data. You run on data. Your data doesn't support any of it. 
But they do it because they can take advantage of drivers who are not united and they go, oh my God, I don't want to lose my flexibility. Oh my God. But I, I know it's BS. I know it's all fluff, right? So it starts small and then you guys keep building and building and every year it seems like you're adding something to it, right? And, and uh, you know, I, I, you have like a few more minutes, but I want to hear seriously how the negotiations were at the table. I mean, what, what did Uber want? What did you guys give up if you gave up anything? Because look, we're all talking about like this is some great, best thing since sliced bread. At the current situation of gig work and rideshare driving, it is. <laughs> it's like, now, is it comparable to what it was 2015 and 16 in LA or other major cities? No, we were swimming in cash those days. But we know what the trend is. The trend is not your friend as a rideshare driver. Earnings are less and less and less and less and less. And now with this upfront fares, we have another cut. I have no doubt that it is. So... What was that negotiation like? Like you guys didn't go and say, oh, we want a dollar fifty and sixty-four cents, otherwise we're not gonna drive or whatever. How did that work out? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the you're right, Sergio. The, the, the um uh, with any you know labor you know situation where you're bargaining with a um uh, uh you know with a corporation, and we just saw, you know, um uh you know uh, uh you know Teamsters uh uh nationally um, got to a tentative agreement with UPS, right? Um, uh, you know, that's going through the process of getting ratified by the members right now. Um, and, and, and members are voting on it. Um, there's a, you know, a give and take in that uh, they've got their interests, uh, workers have, you know, their interests, right? Um, you know, so, you know, the, um, the company saw the success of the uh, uh, union drivers in the city of Seattle and saw that that playbook was going to go from city to city to city to city, right? Um, so of course, one of their interests um, as a, uh, as a company, you know, it's not not surprising. They said, uh, well, if we're going to get beaten city by city by city, maybe we should have a statewide framework um, that you know we can at least talk about, you know, you know some of the details on, right? And you know, so there is that kind of. Um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I, sometimes you don't even call it negotiation, you call it advocacy back and forth because you're advocating with the lawmakers on the political process, right? Yeah. But I mean, even under the statewide framework, there is now a negotiation, you know, we started by talking in 2015, they held up collective bargaining in the courts, right? Yeah. Um, under Washington state law now, they are required to negotiate over their deactivation appeals processes with the union. Right. Yeah. And those negotiations are happening right now. Of course, they have their, um, you know, their priorities. They don't want to um, uh, uh, have anybody questioning what they do. They don't want to pay a driver um, uh, that they wrongfully deactivated. Right. Yeah. Drivers have a different set of priorities. Yeah. So, you know, that that conversation, um, uh, you know, plays itself out. It, they've got their their interest. Drivers have their interests. I think that the thing that it. Um, uh, I think listeners from around the country would, um, uh, uh, you know, should know is that it's not that there's a secret sauce of exactly what is the policy that they will agree to, right? Yeah. They will agree to whatever drivers have built enough power to demand, yeah. right? Because um, believe me, um, if it weren't for the efforts that uh, Brother Peter and Brother Walt talked about about building a driver union to have power, about building the coalition to build power, about winning at the city of Seattle, where um, you know they their strategy was just to say no, 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 and then they saw that they got beat, right? Yeah. Um, um, 
they wouldn't agree to any of it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so it's about building enough power that you can force the companies um, uh, 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 either by legislation, by negotiation, uh, by public shame, whatever, whatever is the tool you've got in the, in your toolbox, hashtag know your worth, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at your shirt, right? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, to put the, uh, uh, um, you know, driver interest forward, um, uh, yeah. if that makes sense, brother. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, to me, you know, it has made sense quite a while. I've been following the Seattle, Washington State story for a while. In fact, Harry before me has interviewed a couple of legislatures up from Seattle when this was just starting, right? And and I've listened to that a couple of times. So I'm going like, well, this is great. I mean, what's wrong with this picture? And that was like back in 2018, 19. I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with this. So, well, I mean, I need a list from you of all the things you guys have in Seattle. Okay, I know about your rates and I know what the Washington rates are, but, you know, give me a laundry list of your benefits that you have accumulated over the last, I don't know, three years or so. Okay, well, well, starting with deactivation protections. So we have a appeals process, which we're in the final stages of negotiating with Uber and Lyft to make sure that drivers have a very rapid way to get back on the, the network if they've been wrongly deactivated and also get back pay for the time that, that they weren't able to work and feed their families. Um, and okay. so that's a that's a big one for we've managed to win uh, reactivation for over 500 drivers alone just in Seattle. And then now as we go to statewide, that that's undoubtedly going to get bigger. Um, yeah. And then so now we have sick leave, uh, which was temporary in the COVID. But after the emergency, now that was going to go away. So we've got a, a new sick leave, which is um, staying forever. And we've got uh, workers' compensation protection, um, which Uber and Lyft will, will be paying into. Uh, we have uh, Josh, you want to? We've got uh, um, unemployment rights um, that uh, um, are permanent for drivers, the same unemployment system as all workers in the state of Washington, um, uh, you know, not just a temporary COVID measure, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, paid family medical leave is coming online uh, next year, um, okay. uh, which is the same paid family medical uh, leave protection that all workers have in the state of Washington, which with uh, one caveat, which is uh, for all workers in the state of Washington, um, um, unless you've got a generous employer or negotiated it in a union contract, there's a split in the premiums between the worker and the company. Um, yeah. Actually, on, on the version that we won in Washington state, um, Uber and Lyft are going to foot all of the costs uh, uh, for drivers um, um, who sign up for uh, paid family medical leave. Um, uh, so we're really excited to launch that program next year um, uh, um, um, as it rolls out. So all these things that you guys add up, it costs money to do as a company. I am pretty sure they pass it on to the passenger. And at some point, I mean, economics is economics. You got to take it at face value. You know, there's price elasticity. You know, people are going to stop paying for very expensive trips because, you know, Uber and Lyft have to provide, you know, all these benefits to the drivers. I get it, right? I mean, that part of it, I get. Are we reaching to a point that up in Washington State or Seattle, you know, we're seeing a lot of pushback from the customer not willing to pay for this convenience because they were paying maybe, you know, 20 bucks for a 10 mile trip. Now they're paying 40 bucks for a 10 mile trip. Right. Because I know that Uber and Lyft will pass all of it on. They're not going to lower their take rate. They're not going to lower what they're making. 
And would you guys worry about that at, at some point? There may be some pushback and business may really die or collapse and people just use public transit again? Or I'm just being the devil's advocate. I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, I mean, yeah. for this to work, uh, it has to be sustainable for everybody. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if passengers will only ride on the platform if they can have it be subsidized by somebody else, well, then these are people who should find something else. I mean, they're public transit for a reason. Um, but, uh, you know, so far, we haven't found that people are not willing to pay fair amounts. Prices have gone up, but usually not because they have to pay us. It's just because Uber and Lyft are gouging. Uh, if you look at the, the Taylor Swift concert that just finished, um, I have screen caps where you could take a three-block ride that for 45 to $50 and they hadn't put any pricing in yet for the drivers. So I, I, I'd have made the Seattle minimum 560, and they were charging 50. And then when they finally did get a surge price in, in there, it was like $8. But now it was $60 to go one mile and $120 to go eight miles. Yeah. Uh, and so you're, you're giving me $8 more and charging the customer $80 Double. more? That doesn't, yeah. you know. Okay. All right. So, you know, I'm going to give you each one more minute because as I said, you know, I'm going to be in touch with you guys. You guys are going to teach me a lot more before I go make a fool out of, out of myself in front of some legislator, because I really am believing in the system and I think it's possible. And I'm not saying what's done in Washington state or Seattle is possible in, you know, some small town in Arkansas or whatever it is, right? Every city has their own cost of living, you know, increases or expenses, whatever they are, and they have to have different rates. But ultimately, the goal is the same, right? Better earnings, more rights as independent contractors or, you know, whatever they want to call us these days, um, you know, and add on to these rights. You know, let's not build Rome like Walt said in one day, but, you know, let's just add on. Let's start somewhere, though. And I think that starting somewhere is here now because I think we had enough as drivers. So, you know, I will speak to Peter, obviously, pick a, pick his brain, how he started his grassroots campaign. I mean, I'm always in touch with Walt and Josh. Now I'm going to be talking to you about, you know, all the ins and outs of the, the backroom negotiation tactics and whatever you guys do. But um, you guys will be my eyes and ears. And I, I, you know, I have a voice. I have a platform. I want to use it properly. So, I mean, you know, I'm all in. So, you know, I give you each a minute, you know, in closing, you know, um, Hey, Walt, with you, I'm going to start with you. Tell me what you do not like about what you have. Um, what is your complaint? I, I guess... Because look, my, as my share driver, as if I know one thing about ride share drivers, I could pass countrywide buck 50 and 64, <laughs> there will be something complaining. Somebody complaining again. Tomorrow, they'll be complaining. My my complaint is, is twofold. A, I don't huh? want to be the best... I don't want to have the best situation in the country. I want somebody else to beat me so that I okay. can get better. Because, I mean, yes, we've solved <laughs> some problems, but we have other things that that we still need to get better on, like the uh, Uber XL and um, the, the, the more premium situ situations. What, what they're making is maybe a fraction of a penny above what the regular Uber X makes because Uber doesn't want to pay any more than they have to. So we have more things that we have to try to see if we can improve on. Um, okay. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is, you know, if Minneapolis and Minnesota can can get strong laws, then we can look at them and say, hey, look, you know, 
we need some yeah. of that too. And each of the jurisdictions can build off of each other and help us move forward. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, I can't think of anything negative in a system that now pays me something that is, that is fair and it gives me benefits and protections that I didn't have before. It, okay. It's a win-win. Yes, right. more drivers have been, you know, flooding into some areas in Seattle. Uh, but in, in this line of work, you always have to sort of shift where, where you are and move around and go where drivers are and go where they aren't and figure out the sweet spot. And, you know, for those of us who just want to sit in our living room and, and, and press cash like, like the good old days, well, you know, things are more competitive. But I can't think of why we wouldn't want to have sustainable wages. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, because, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, there's been more drivers on the platform because it's paying really well. You know, my my attitude has always been, even when there are not enough drivers, it was like quantity. Quantity over quality is not my thing. I'd rather do one trip for 50 bucks an hour than do four trips for 50 bucks an hour. That's it. So to me, it fits my style anyway. But uh, I thought maybe you would have. But what you said is not a complaint. It's like what you're trying to achieve, you know? That's like, Peter, do you have any complaints, buddy? When you, what's like, do you have any complaints with what you guys have up there before you know you leave? Yeah, well, um, oh, first on. of all, I this is an amazing show. I would like before I go to that, I would like to shout out my 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 legend, uh, the pirate that been fighting with us since we start. I want to shout out for my friend Dan Curry and also to Sukshen and many of the drivers here in Washington State. They did their best. I'm so. I'm so glad we have this guy in this estate, and we are so happy with them. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna learn a lot from you, so I'll be in touch with you because you know, I, I, if I look, go in Prop 22 is gone, <laughs> I want to do the same thing in LA and then go statewide. But we'll see how that goes. Look, uh, Sergio, you, know, you are invited yeah. on September 28th. We have a big tourist celebration here in Washington State. I love the ride here. I want you to come and see what we are doing. And we talk more about all this. So you are invited, Margaret, in your calendar, September 28th. Oh, you know what? I, I may take you up on it because one of our contributors lives literally next door to Walt in Bellingham, Washington. His name is Zach. And, right. uh, you know, he does deliveries and he does videos for our channel. So, you know, I may just shack up with him up there for a couple of days and visit you guys in Seattle. So, hey, you know, uh, hold on. I'll be I'll be in touch with you on the one. Uh, how about you, Joshua? I know. I mean, I don't know. Do you drive, or you, do you, are you just in the background, or not me? I leave it to the experts. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, but I mean, you talk about you know what are the complaints, and 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 you're right. You know, um, uh, uh, you know, spend you know sixty seconds with any driver, they'll tell you you know um, you know twenty things that need to be done, right? Um, you know, so we've got a survey out that's right that's going on right now with the driver community. What do you want to win next? And there's no shortage of ideas, right? Um, and that is, I mean, it comes down to the to the point, right? Um, that you build. Um, uh, it's like taking steps up a ladder, right? You, you know, start with this one and then you work on the next one, right? You know, um, and look, these companies, you know, Walt said it, talk about Taylor Swift, they're, you know, they'll charge a customer 120, pay the driver 30, right? You know, um, there comes a time when you do have to talk about the fairness of, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, the rider and driver coalition that, um, uh, 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 you know, what's a fair amount for a rider to be charged? Um, they, they sold, 
uh, dynamic pricing to all of us, not on the idea um, that they'd uh, pay Wall Street uh, shareholders more or Silicon Valley executives more. They said, we need to sometimes raise your price to get uh, driver supply to give you yeah. a shorter wait time, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of issues still to work on. Um, yeah. And, uh, 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 you know, what I know is, you know, the history of, you know, decades and decades and decades of um, worker struggles. The type of work that people have may change. They might call it the gig economy today. They'll call it something else tomorrow, right? But a fundamental uh, principle remains the same is that when workers come together, they have more power to make changes than when they're separate. So, you know, uh, um, uh, I don't expect that we'll have any shortage of issues to work on tomorrow. Uh, I, you know, I'm so thankful for all you showing up. I know we had our technical glitches or not, but, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to push with everything I have, you know, um, about duplicating this model to a point in every city and every state of the country where to get rid of this upfront fares disaster that we have. So, <laughs> um, Everybody you know. deserves to earn a sustainable living. I don't care where you are. We, you know, yeah. we all do. I agree with yep. you hundred percent. So Peter, much love, Joshua, Walt, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, uh, we will keep, you know, hitting your doorbell and we'll keep asking questions and, you know, we'll have you on again. And if there's any changes, you guys will come on and tell us what the changes are, what the additional benefits that you receive for these drivers. Um, you know, I'm all in. So, uh, Let's do it. And and uh, again, thank you so much for coming up. When, Thanks, when we Thanks, fight, Chris. we say, when we fight, we win. So let's keep fighting. That is <laughs> yes. our slogan. Yeah. I, I, I'm with all that. Um, again, thank you so much, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot. Thank I you. appreciate Peace. Love, brother. Bye-bye. All, right, all right. So that was a fantastic insight into what's going on in Washington, what's going on starting in Seattle and spreading throughout the state, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, the benefits that they're working on, everything that they're going for and all that. So uh, thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, if, if it's something that you guys are interested in, uh, email Sergio. How can you get started? Different things like that. Obviously, being grass grassroots movement, uh, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, it could have a nice payoff at the end. So um, something that if you guys are interested, definitely hit up Sergio and he can try uh, hooking you up with uh, somebody over there in Washington. Exactly kind of more on what they've done or anything like that. Well, yeah, now that we have a better idea, you know, we're, 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 I mean, we will pick, you know, leaders in their in their communities. I mean, I'm not everywhere. I'm in L.A. and I'm stuck with Prop 22, but there are. You know, tons of cities and states do not have anything like Prop 22, and this is the time. This is the time you make mm -hmm. a stand. You know, I'll be glad to help you all out with it, where to go, what to do about it, because now I know enough to support you. And if you want to learn more about it, hook, you know, bring me up. I'm here, SergioTheRightShareGuy.com. Yep, absolutely. Um, but let's uh, let's let's shift a little bit, going from Washington and Seattle on the West Coast. Let's kind of go in the Midwest a little bit with uh, yeah. Minnesota. Um, so today they were doing the the vote. Um, I haven't heard anything yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll have something probably next week when it comes to yeah. the results of what's going on there. Um, but yeah, let's let's kind of talk about that. Yeah, today is the hearing, um, and the vote will be probably in the next couple of weeks. And our contributor Joe will keep us up to date with that. He's in Minneapolis. 
Um, so, the, you know, as we all know, we talked about it quite a bit. You know, we were all upset, right? Look, this battle is, you know, we're in a war. We're going to lose some battles, but we're going to try to win the war, right? So part of the battle that we lost was, uh, you know, Tim Waltz, governor of uh, Minnesota, um, you know, shot the bill down. That was passed by both houses. And it was a huge disappointment to everybody, to the drivers union, uh, uh, Minnesota drivers union up there. And, uh, but he said, you know, this is not the time to pass this aggressive legislation on, you know, and now he's forming a committee and, uh, you know, and this committee involves all sides, includes the TNCs, the Uber and Lyft, includes the drivers, includes the politicians, includes the legislatures, includes everybody. And, um, you know, um, eventually they had agreed to a much higher rate. Uh, but Governor Walt said a lot of the community is going to be unserved now because a lot of people who are needy to use these, um, you know, services are going to be going to be priced out. And that's what Uber played the game. Uber said, look, you know, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. They are, you know, they own the apps. They can put schedules on. That's why they called you. You may become an employee. You know, <laughs> that's what they played. They played mm -hmm. the game really well. That's what they said, and uh, and it's there the was a, they uh, pulled in Washington, and none of that happened. So don't fall for their tactics. Yeah, they're all for that. And uh, so, Governor Tim Walz's administration has assembled a group of rideshare drivers, members of the public, and representatives from Uber and Lyft to advise them on how to address wage and safety concerns raised by workers, which is very, very valid. And uh, to me. Um, the, the committee is tasked with recommending policy changes by January uh, of 2024, which is coming up in a few months. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal of this is to provide drivers with fair treatment, treatment, fair compensation, but also make sure this type of service is available to the state and, of Uber uh, and Lyft drivers, but also to the passengers. I mean, look, there's two-sided marketplace here. We cannot just say ourselves, me, 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 me. Look where the country is because we keep saying me, 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 me. It's just not work. So there are people who depend on these services that have to get served. And, you know, everybody should be on the table. And that's, I like that. I like that quite a bit. But on the last paragraph, Chris, <laughs> look at what that paragraph says. Um, but emails in the weeks leading up to that veto showed Waltz's administration was being heavily lobbied to reject the proposal. This was the original one that he vetoed, according to records obtained through a data practices request, right? So they do a FOIA oh, yeah. request. Who do, you, who do you expect that one? Yeah, who do you think? Who was shocking, right? Yeah, so hmm. look, no politician is beyond lobbying, okay? And I'm not going to call the governor out with all due respect, but he caved. So now he's putting a committee together. You know, we'll see. Well, you know, look, the fight's not over. Drivers will come back. If there is a will, there is a way, just like we heard, you know, Peter say and Walt say, there's power in numbers. But when I do need mm -hmm. you guys, do not disappear on me because everybody talks a big game. Everybody's complaining. Oh, this is not enough. This is not enough. That's not enough. I want this. I want that. Well, if we're going to try to get you that, you need to stand by. Okay. And, and you know, one of the major, you know, um, according to Governor Walt, he said that uh, elder advocates, you know, who wrote to the governor, noting many aging Minnesotans rely on rideshare services to see family and to get medical appointments. I get that. There is Lyft Medical, now Uber Medical. In a May 22 letter, Christine Sundberg, executive director of Elder Voice Family Advocates, expressed that if these, you know, the, 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 the um, law that was passed, 
was not vetoed, all these people who need medical services, go visit family or whatever not, will be priced out of the system. First of all, these are probably state-funded programs, right? And, uh, you know, maybe the state needs to negotiate better deals if the drivers are going to get higher. Um, but my concern is on this. I want to hear all sides, obviously. I don't want to say, you know, get lost to the passenger just because I'm a driver's advocate. I understand where these companies are coming from. They're a business. They need to be making money. But I think what they did in Seattle and then spreading out to Washington State is exactly what needs to happen in Minnesota uh, and starting with Minneapolis. And lastly, um, you know, uh, one representative from Uber and another from Lyft will sit on the task force. Great. As well as a labor member. Great. Just like when we met, Joshua was a labor member, a representative for cities and disabilities advocate. Great. Everybody should have a voice. And by mm -hmm. doing that, we could come up with a conclusion that today's upfront fares and rates that upfront fares put, you know, in front of drivers is ridiculous. It's just out of control. Uh, I'm not going to say anything is better than upfront fares, but, you know, whatever they're proposing in Minneapolis and whatever may come out of this as a statewide system is pretty much going to be much better than, you know, these upfront fares that we're dealing with, all the shaving that we're dealing with. So... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful balancing and, I'm and all hopeful. that. I'm hopeful, you know. Well, um, the one the one thing though that I'd like to see besides um, just an Uber and Lyft member, as well as a labor member, member and a representative for cities and disabilities advocate, I'd also like to see a couple of of drivers uh, or driver well, advocates who are there on there. there make Ali sure Ali that Ali. they're on there. Yeah, their drivers will be there. I, I, I Ali, yep. he, he's like the. Uh, Peter of uh, Minnesota. <laughs> he's the head of the gotcha. Minnesota Drivers Union. So they'll look, everybody's going to be on the table, just like it was in Washington State. And and everybody should be on the table because, look, passengers are going to pay these higher fares. They should have a voice, right? Mm -hmm. And look, Uber and Lyft are the agent in between. They should have a voice, you know? Um, drivers yeah. definitely should have a voice. Unions representing drivers should definitely have a voice. I think that's the only way you can come up with a consensus and build, start mm -hmm. building because without this we're just going the wrong direction here chris this this is yep. just wrong it shouldn't be going down it should be going up especially with the cost of living going up inflation you know all these things i mean i shouldn't be making less driving per mile uh than the irs uh my, standard mileage deduction that should be like just the costs for running your vehicle that should yeah. cover the, the the insurance the tires the car costs but what about on top of that you know yeah. so seeing something like uh like in uh, Minneapolis, where they're talking about a uh, dollar forty per mile, you know, in in Washington, I think it's a dollar fifty four per mile, um, things like that. When you're seeing stuff like that, you know, now you're taking that sixty two and a half cents, but you're also getting you know eighty cents or something more. Plus, you're getting the time. So, yeah. what was it in in uh, Minnesota? In that one, they're talking about fifty one cents per minute. Um, Just I that think alone, in, in Washington, it's fifty four percent. But yeah, sixty four so, I mean, cents. 64 cents a minute in Washington State yeah. or Seattle is just in itself is like almost 40 bucks an hour, right? 64 times yep. 60 minutes. Same thing in, you know, Minneapolis. 51 cents times 60 minutes is almost $32 an hour. So just the time component is going to make a huge difference, right? I mean, yeah. And last so week, what, what, last what, week we what Walt said is when you have something sustainable, that yeah. is much better. And, you know, the current yeah. position 
for the majority of drivers you're you're you might be out there making so much money for here and there but you know all the other times you might be making not really much anything and you know you got to try to even it out so um yeah yeah, it's got to be sustainable across all boards and that includes drivers driver pay and everything associated so yes as we said uh if you're interested in you know getting something going in your area um and starting out or going to a local city um starting out there that yeah. is uh the first steps uh, in, a, in a little bit of a process but like i said it, it's definitely going to pay itself in the long run um, yeah. then going on let's talk about uh last week uber announced their earnings had uh some interesting information there lyfts just yep. came out earlier this morning i know sergio you listened to that had some some right, interesting here. uh aspects right, there here. but uh, uh we're going to be talking about lyfts earnings next week uh, so we can really dive in and and look at what's going on. Uh, so let's talk about Uber's earnings. And, uh, you know, they want to try to uh, eat everybody to the punch. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, uh, we did a very popular video a few days ago, right? You know, CFO is quitting and uh, Dara Koshoshai was selling shares. She sold a couple hundred thousand shares. You know, I got a lot of emails today saying, oh, they knew it. That's illegal. He shouldn't be selling because the stock went down. People, these are all legal things. All executive have these programs, you know, stock selling programs well, that happens at a given time, given, you know, price. There's nothing illegal about it. I'm look, the reason stock went down is because stock had gone up a lot. I mean, stock was 20 bucks a share six months ago. To, you know, it hit 50 today. So in six months, up over 100%, what happens? Profit takers take profit. We call it on Wall Street, buy it on rumors, sell it on fact. Yes, Uber. Hey, Gabe. You never, you said they will never turn profitable. They did. If you believe the numbers, they were gap profitable the first quarter. First time ever in, I don't know, 12 years? Gap profitable. Like, yeah, That's about- real money, people. They are turning profitable. And they had promised that they would turn profitable by the end of the year. They did a quarter before. And, you know, I'm going to give you short and sweet on this. Nelson Chai is leaving uh, in January 2024, which is the CFO, was helped the company straighten their stuff up with Dara Kosher Shai for the last five years. And, you know, shares fell about 6% today, you know, and, uh, and you know, it, look, everything, the, all the numbers were good. Their take rate, by the way, Chris, is at 29.3%. Is at an all-time high. They have 137 million people using the platform. 137 million people. <laughs> It's insanity. Damn. There's only 165 million adults in this country <laughs> or something like that. I'm yeah. not even sure, bro. Well, that's that's because Uber Teen now, they're, they're training their teens to start yeah, using their that's platform. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Well, e- either way, I, I you know, I, I keep getting notifications from Uber Eats. Hey, please use our service. It will give you 40% off. I'm like, if you start, uh, you know, paying where, or if I start paying less than what I would have to go when I picked it up, you know, yeah. if I have to go pick something up at 18 bucks and I yeah. want it delivered and you're telling me it's 40% off and it's still coming in at $23. Yeah. Um, no, that doesn't make f- smart sense to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, I keep getting Uber trips. I always yeah. drive everywhere, but I keep getting like Uber just send me a thing. It's like, oh, you can get two rides for 20% off. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. I'll use that when I go out drinking, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going out right now. But yeah. I mean, hey. Good, good job for them. Um, you know, I kind of had a well. feeling. I kind of had a feeling that they were going to be gap profitable this this time around, actually, because of the CFO stepping down. Um, yeah. And the reason why is because 
there was part of the 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 one article a couple weeks ago when we highlighted it um that was talking about how he was going he was there for the building phase and you know you're you're still going to continue building but at that point it's like a shift now you're gap profitable you want to stay that um so i think that once they hit that i think he hit the point where it's like okay i'm good um and i think that was kind of like the writing on the wall saying hey look yes this is going to be the profitable time uh when it comes to to uh dk selling the shares you know i think that's for him it was probably just a smart decision he didn't sell everything he sold you know a chunk of them uh you know he bought bought low sold high that's what you want to do um and you know the, the share price is still higher than what he what he sold it for so it's not like it went down um i mean it ro- ra- rose after he sold it and continued yeah. well, i mean um, you know how people are though, right they're all always thinking yeah. saying, oh he must have known i'm like there's nothing that you know he obviously knows he's the ceo but uh for a company this size at 135 billion run rate a year billion now Look at the mobility yep. growth booking, 16.73 billion for the quarter, up 25%, Chris, year over year. I mean, they're at this size, they're growing. Delivery gross bookings, 15.6 billion. I mean, this company is still growing and they're that, getting that beat your projection. You thought it was only gonna be what was it last week or two weeks ago? You said yeah, it was single like digits to like flat growth, and they're still in yeah. double digits. You know, I mean I, I well, said you for know the what? delivery. Yeah, you know what though? That the the way where the quarter ended so um we still got you know when q3 comes out in three months um yeah, but, I, I wonder if you'll see that that gross bookings up the 12 percent, or if it'll be something no, I mean, they already uh, said it though they already said it that it's going to slow down some more right because look mm-hmm. at 135 billion sales rate you can't grow something 20 20 percent. it's just there's law no, of averages. <laughs> there's law of averages you know what i mean so but the, yeah. the, you know, here's the number that we need to emphasize. Okay, remember last quarter how many billion billion trips they did in one quarter? Two point one. Uh, was it one point eight? No, two point one. Two point one. That's right. Now, now it's two point three. Now two point three. They are doing twenty five million trips a day, more than a million an hour. Yep. Look at the scale of. Just this. imagine the nickels and the dimes that that That's- adds up to. That's what I that just thought. That adds up to a lot of nickels and dimes right there, yeah, people. <laughs> because when we first did the, remember when we first did the nickel and dime business, they were like at uh, 1.8 billion trips. Then we got 20 yeah, cents. That, that's why I'm thinking the 1.8. Yeah. Now, dime of a 2.3 billion is 230 million. Now we're familiar with the numbers. 230 million a quarter. I mean, look, honestly, I give these people credit because 2.3 billion more than 1 million trips per hour every hour seven days a week 365 days a year million trips not million dollars worth i'm kind of mm. go no wonder this shit sometimes goes haywire and i'm shocked <laughs> that it really works as well as it does to be honest with you i was like sometimes wow. yeah but then then when there's like all these these glitches that they say it's like yeah, yeah. all right yeah. come on uh like this the 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 surge mystery yeah. uh glitch yeah that we we've deciphered to be now putting into code so the company's uh, doing like well that. you gotta wait for lift you know yep so yeah we'll talk about lifts uh next week uh it was pretty interesting there too um not the same as uber but uh, we'll talk about them next week so let's move on and we like to mention our display ride dash camera uh obviously it's not ours but 
we like it because of many different reasons. Uh, obviously, the biggest one that I always love to talk about is the cloud recording. So as it's recording, it's going up to the cloud immediately. You know, I'm sitting in front of my computer right now, looking at the camera, talking to you guys. So we're going up into the cloud. It's coming into your phones, your computers, wherever you're watching this. Uh, and, you know, it's it's pretty amazing to see. So uh, something like that when it comes to a dash camera is really great, especially when it comes to an accident. Uh, something could happen to the camera itself. Something could happen to the memory card, anything like that uh, in other cameras. I mean, SD card, let's be real, is probably the worst medium for storage in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and, you know, there can always be corrupt files, and you may need that. So uh, it's just something when it comes to redundancy where... If it's up to the cloud, uh, you know, you got that where you can save it uh, and you have it immediately. Same thing if somebody tries grabbing it, throwing out the window, whatever it might be. Guess what? You're already on camera. Too bad, so sad. Uh, the police are going to get you. So yep. if you enter code RSG20, you're going to get 20% off. So it'll be $20 a month instead of 25, which gets which gets you the dash camera and all the ability to upload to the cloud, all that data. Uh, that's included in the monthly fee there. So uh, the good thing is, too, it's also tax deductible because it is a business expense, uh, not tax advice, but just something you should know. Yep, I agree 100%. Nothing to add. It's a great system, great little camera, indoor, inside, outside. It's 5K now. Go get it. 20 bucks. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Not even money, really, seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. So let's uh, move on. Let's talk about our uh, future segment the gig work for the future financial freedom. Uh, say that five times fast. <laughs> but uh, uh, this time, what we want to do, we want to talk about, should you put Uber driving or Lyft driving, DoorDash delivering, whatever it might be on your resume? Uh, before we get into it, uh, yes or no, and then a quick reason why, sir. What do you think? And, and don't go with uh, what, what we have on the slides. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Your personal no, I, thought. I, I, I will absolutely, in today's economy, I will absolutely put, um, Uber driver or a, or a you know delivery worker in my resume, just for the fact that you're dealing with customers. If you're going to get into customer service, if you're going to get into sales, this is all going to help you. You're Problem solving. Absolutely, I would yep. put it in there, and I don't see any harm. I I agree there. I agree there, and not only that. Um, you know, one of the things too, a lot of drivers will be there for a longer time. You know, I'm sure a lot of people watching. You know, we've seen the same names in the chat for uh, since we started back in the last April. Uh, we still see we see a lot of new names, which is great. But, um, you know, there's a lot of drivers who are driving multiple years. You know, I started uh, Uber in 2015 or 2016. I can't remember now um, when I no 26. Wait, yeah, 2016. Uh, and Lyft was a little bit after that. So, I mean, we're, we're going to how many years at this point? Yeah. Uh, so it, it shows people. I mean. And just because you put Lyft driver and, you know, it's the first certain time doesn't mean maybe you were driving the entire time. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't. Uh, but it shows employers that love that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing, especially if there's gaps. Uh, they don't like gaps for some reason, um, whether there's just cause for it or not. Even if there's gaps, sometimes your, your um, application can get thrown out. Your resume can get thrown out. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have gaps because you're doing Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, whatever it might be, gig yeah. economy, um, then I, th I think it's something that is a benefit to you. And yeah, yeah. dealing with customers is huge uh, when it comes to a problem solving. Um, <laughs> there's so many problems you see out on the road 
Um, and, you know, it gives you a, a whole different sense of perception when you're actually out on the road dealing with people, driving people um, and all that. Even food delivery, you know, you're dealing with customers, you're dealing with merchants, uh, you're picking up the food and all that. So you got to deal and, and be personable there. Uh, there's a lot of things there. So, yeah, I personally yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you know, um, you know, a lot of people look down upon the gig work. And, you know, they all say get a real job or whatever, you know, nonsense. <laughs> what that does I that even mean? Yeah, constantly I hear that nonsense, bro. It is a job. Okay? You know what's funny? I, I tell people ask, what do I do? I say, I do YouTube. Really? Yeah. Ah, wow, that's that's awesome. Like, yeah. um, quite a few people will say that. They're like, because they're, they're, they haven't really heard the fact that somebody may be doing it on a fuller time basis, um, you know, here at the RSG on my channel. Um, and then doing Uber and Lyft and Curry yeah. and, you know, a couple other things as well, too. But I mean, um, yeah, it's it's it, I think it, it's just something that's different, unique, uh, you know, Uber and Lyft. What uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that there either. And I think getting a real job what so you can sit, sit in an office cubicle uh, hating your life while you're sitting in a cubicle when I can go out, I can drive, I can look at the sun, I can you know, take a little bit of time off. I can walk, get up, walk around, throw the windows down, listen to my music, listen to a podcast, do whatever I want to do. And you're sitting in a cubicle making maybe the same as me, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, maybe yours yeah. is a little more predictable. I don't know. Um, no, but no. in re the, re the reality of things, it is a job. There's I'm no shame in gig people. work. There's no shame in no. gig work. Like there's 6 million, you know, today Uber said there are 6 million the, the, um, couriers and drivers on their actively working on their platform today you know doordash is going to come out with their earnings on wednesday they're going to say the same thing there's six million plus there's 12 million people that's a lot of people deciding mm -hmm. to do the same thing if they thought w2s were so great they would go back to w2 so stop people saying yep. you know looking down on uber drivers oh you're just an uber driver yeah i am just an uber driver okay what's your problem <laughs> right because i just saved your life i took you from point a to point b safely while your ass was drunk in my back seat so <laughs> Yeah, but you know, long story short, a lot of employers do not like gaps in resumes. And if you have gaps, and if you don't put Uber and Lyft, and you're gonna lie about it, and you're gonna probably get busted about it, what you should do is you should show with a with a you know with a face face your reality. Yes, you did drive for Uber and Lyft for six months while you were laid off from another W two. Well, <clears throat> create you know with positive soft skills that you can represent. What are you doing when you're driving? Well, you're meeting, okay, if you do 20 trips, you're going to meet 20 different individuals. You can strike up conversations. You can find out about, you know, where they're going, their cities, or about your own city yourself because you don't know. The other thing is you are into safety because you want to take that pack, take care of that customer, point A to point B safely. So there are a lot of soft skills that you are practicing while you're driving for Uber or Lyft. You may not even know it. You may not think they're important. But to the employer that you're putting the resume in are very important things, especially if it's going to be a customer service job, a sales job, you know, I mean, all unless you're going to be a coder, you know, nobody needs to drive a Uber and Lyft to be a coder. But in this world, a lot of W2s from retail to restaurant work to waiting tables to whatever it is that you want to do next or better yet, have your own business. Now, by doing Uber and Lyft, you ran a small business of, on its own, right? You have to present your resume this way. You're not going to just sit there and say, I drove Uber. No, you have to present it in a way that makes it more palatable to the 
potential employer that you're looking to get hired by because you are truly doing these things. If you've been listening to us for any length of time, we say run this as your business. Now you, now you have business running skills. If you're applying for a management job, well, you have business running skills. You ran your own business. Uber and Lyft is your small business. You had expenses. You had income. You save for your retirement. You put money aside for a cold, rainy day. All these things. This is running a business. So you have to present it that way. That's why you should never shy away from putting Uber, Lyft driving or you know delivery driving in your resume. But you have to present it in a package that's really, really attractive to the potential employer that you want to get hired by, right? So I mm-hmm. this this says clearly in here that you should put your you know you should present yourself with all these soft skills that you have, and which you do, right? So on the next screenshot, yeah. um, well, you, I mean, even next to it, it says uh, follow up with hard skills, and there there's definitely some hard skills when it comes yeah. to driving yeah. around too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a matter of of finding out what it is and and. Problem solving. I think problem solving is a big thing. Um, hard skills, and, hard and, skills, Chris, are you're dealing with the app. <laughs> you, you're well, yeah, I mean. You're at a restaurant, right? You're dealing with the app. App is not easy to use. So, look, yeah. this job, this 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 gig work presents you with a lot of skills. You have to just make sure you formulate it in a way that your potential employer looks, you know, up to it as opposed to down to it saying, oh, just another Uber driver. You understand? It's all about packaging, but I will not exclude it from your resume. No, absolutely not. And then uh, they talk about uh, don't list each job separately, you know, combine the similar jobs. So Uber and Lyft, very similar, you know, ride share driver, um, food delivery driver, whatever it might be, um, gig worker. There could be a lot of things. And then you could like bullet point it out independently or you know tell them your experience if there's an interview um and then also obviously the biggest thing is tailoring your resume to the job so whatever job you're looking for you want to show your strengths for that particular job um when it comes down to it so yeah if it's customer service you put customer service relations when it comes to you know being a rideshare driver when it comes to food delivery all that good stuff so I mean, you know, as a, as a job seeker, you need to optimize your resume to include the right buzzwords. We agree. Um, read the job description carefully and identify skills the employer wants. Well, I bet you anything, whatever the employer wants, some of, you, some of the stuff you experience in your car with strangers in your car has gotten you ready for that job. Because, look, you have to de- this mm-hmm. is the real world. You're dealing with humans. And unless, you know, you're going to write some articles on chat GPT, you are going to deal with humans the rest of your life. So this, you know, driving teaches you quite a bit of that. And you're dealing with different characters, drunks, you know, sick people, unhappy people, upset people. You just learn how to manage yourself. And in conclusion, you know, if you package all this correctly, right, and you present it in a way, not just by saying, yeah, I drove for Uber for six months. I'm like, no, it's not interesting enough. But you have to make sure you know, whatever you're presenting fits the job that you're looking for. And if you made the decision to switch back to a W-2, congrats, um, because you got tired of the rat race, but you have to present it. And I personally would suggest that everybody should include their Uber and Lyft driving into their resume. Do not shy away from it. Just make sure you follow some guidelines to present it in a correct fashion as opposed to just put, I drove Uber, okay? And yep. um, so exactly. we're going to continue this. Please send me your 
ideas, what you guys want to talk about, money, you know, investing, whatever it is. Send me your ideas and then we'll line them up and we'll talk about it without being financial advice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's the segment for that. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to be talking about your lift ride just got cheaper. Why? Oh, yeah. because they say that they laid off so many employees. <laughs> So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this, uh, for the last, I, I mean, since pretty much since David Risher came in talking about how he's going to be getting rid of a thousand plus jobs, uh, when it comes to, to it. And, you know, he did, which is a quarter of its staff. Uh, so it, it came in clean house. It was very similar to what Elon Musk did when buying yeah. X, formerly Twitter. Um, so it's, it, I mean, yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, going to help. It's going to save some money. And um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we listened to all David Risher's uh, interviews when he first got the job, right? He says, yep. I have learned how to do a lot with very little. That was a key word right there. And you guys can go back and check his interviews. He said that because that's what he did at Amazon's first days. He learned to do a lot with very little. Last five years or 10 years in his foundation, for literacy around the world, he did the same thing. He learned to do a lot with a little. Well, when he took over Lyft, he figured he had a lot and he wasn't doing a lot. <laughs> so now he, he he made it little to do a lot. You know, if you're still following me, that means, you know, he had to let people go. And he said, this job, you know, doesn't entail to have 5,000 people to do this, especially for others mm -hmm. to pick up people from point A to point B, right? So... Yeah. You know, and, and you know what, um, this, I mean, I like the Business Insider because I have great contacts at Business Insider, but Alex, I don't agree with you. I don't think your, the lift ride got cheaper because the company laid off so many employees, because that means when those savings are run out, does that mean your, your rides are going to go back up? No, he has a plan. He's going back to basics. He's, you know, um, keeping it simple. And obviously, cost cutting is part of the business. Look how many people are getting laid off from uh, Amazon. How many people got laid off from Facebook? How many people got laid off from Twitter? Uh, you know, all this high tech companies. How many people off. got laid off from Yellow? Exactly. So to me, the guy's not doing anything different. I 100% support what he's doing. He's trying to turn a sinking ship around. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if that means there are a thousand corporate employees are going to let go, yeah. If there means another thousand are going to let go, once he figures out that only maybe 1,500 people can do what 55,000 were doing, maybe another 1,000 will go. Because from what I've seen so far in the last three months since he took over, has been nothing but good things. Has it been um, earnings increasing, revenue increasing things? Uh, yes and no. Yes, because there is a lot more information. The information is cleaner. If you know how to use it, I think you can squeeze 10% more money out of it, earnings out of it. I haven't seen anything that he has... I say, this is horrible. Why did they do this? So, obviously, the, look, man, the platform is still working. <laughs> it hasn't crashed. <laughs> if you turn my lift out, I, on, I, I like what it on. says. I like what it says in the middle there. It says, as a result, it's claimed some market share from yeah. rival Uber, which yeah. which we saw. I mean, if you looked at the earnings, it it, yeah. it does have a little bit of market share um, change. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that is good. I mean, like I say, uh, going back to when I was in Chicago doing that that test between yeah. uber and lyft i mean it was blasting on uber it yeah. was crickets on lyft so yeah. um seeing some change there that's good yeah. um, well he said you know, you know he mean, said we're gonna do one thing one thing well 
we're going to go back to basics. He said, you know, we're going to take care of our two customers that we have. It's the driver and the passenger. He's doing that. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the earnings today that came out, they are definitely competing price-wise with Uber. Uber was a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper in 20 top cities in the U.S. Now, actually, Lyft is cheaper because from, I know from my own app, every time I press the trip until he showed up, Uber would be so much cheaper than Lyft. I would not even think of using it as a passenger. Now, uh, it's either equal or Lyft is a little bit cheaper than Uber. Okay? So, mm -hmm. to me... He's competing, you know. Uh, uh, and I mean, I, the, 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 the just of the article is like, oh, he had to lay off people to make rides cheaper. No, I'm not buying that. No. He had to do what he had to do for the ship not to sink <laughs> because it was about to yeah. sink. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was getting close. It definitely was. Yeah. And um, I think that's the, I think that was part of the reason why they wanted to get rid of John Zimmer and Logan Green, um, make them step down. Uh, because there was nothing innovative there. There was nothing new coming. Um, and then, yeah, when we have uh, David Risher on, uh, we don't have a final date on exactly when. We are still working on that. Uh, things have just been busy the last week uh, with, with Denver uh, for you, Sergio, and uh, all of that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just been busy, uh, but we will have a date nailed down. I'm hoping by next week we'll be able to let you know exactly Hopefully. what's going on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have uh, David on, have a really great conversation uh, when it comes yeah. to that. Um, and then let's move on. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Uber and Domino's. I got a I got a pretty interesting uh, take on this particular story. So uh, yeah, we'll go through uh, it real know, quick, uh, and then I'll uh, I'll talk no, about I, my, I think my I, interesting you know, take. You know, we talk about show me the money, right? So Domino's is going to get bombarded with a lot more Uber Eats, but then they're not going to send the orders to Uber Eats drivers. They're going to use in-house drivers to, you know, ship those Uber Eats orders out. So, hey, go check it out. Show me the money. Here's another idea. Go get a, you know, driver job at Domino's and collect the tips. And I'm sure they have some min wage. And Chris knows about this because he's done some pizza delivery. You know, just for an article or a content, I may just try that for a month. Let's see how it works. I mean, they're going to hire a whole bunch of drivers. If you're sick and tired of driving people around, you know, they may even give you a car because they have a deal with 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 uh, Chevy Bolt. Uh, they're buying, investing electric cars. So give it a shot. You may make more money than rideshare driving until it picks up. So I, I'm I'm all for it. I may even go look into it. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. So I mean, yeah, I did uh, pizza delivery for eight years, and honestly, it was it wasn't bad. I was making um, you know above minimum wage for a wage for hourly i was working full-time sometimes overtime um and then on top of it i was making tips uh yeah. so and you know i i was one of the better drivers so i would be taking you know probably double the amount of deliveries that you know other drivers were taking for the same night so let's say i was working on a saturday night i might have you know 20 25 deliveries that i took uh the next driver might have you know 12 or 14 um, just cause I knew the area, I knew how to, how to maneuver and all that. And I was making banks. So, um, I mean, pizza delivery is no joke. It could be pretty good. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who owns uh, a pizzeria, um, and he was talking about how, um, so many drivers and, and just workers aren't there anymore. Every time I go there, there's a help wanted sign. I'm like, Hey, look, if you need a hand or something, um, I know the business very well. Um, you know, it's, it's the same pizzeria. It's just that he opened that, that location and um so i said i told him i'm like hey if you need a hand let me know um but he was also saying how 
everybody's going to DoorDash and working DoorDash instead because it's like, why work at one place when you could just go on and off whenever you want yep. and all that? And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. But the, on the other, the flip side, it's like, I could make more working a shift at that pizzeria than, you know, going out because they're hiring at 17 bucks an hour. You're making $17 an hour, plus you're going out and getting tips. Even if you don't have any deliveries, you're still making 17 an hour. Yeah, and that. I mean, it's like, I, I'm, I'm bewildered at that as plus yeah. your tips. I mean, if you're do, I don't know what, what that particular location was doing, but I mean, you know, I would make on a Saturday night, 150, $200 easily in cash. I mean, yeah. I'd work 40 hours. I'd make 600, $700 easily in cash. Um, when it came to, to entire an entire week, and that was yeah. before pay, uh, like the pay itself. Yeah. So I mean, like right there, it, it was well worth it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, it, I don't it, know. No, I mean, it says here, right? It says Domino's is betting a partnership with Uber East to turn around its pizza delivery business. The chain just needs one thing to make it happen: delivery drivers. There you go. So the pizza restaurant yeah. announced its agreement with Uber Eats earlier this month. Selling pizzas through Uber represents a billion-dollar opportunity for the company. So there's going to be selling ton more pizzas. But Domino's has struggled to recruit delivery drivers for years, CEO said. Um, that means it will need to step up hiring and keep drivers to make good on its Uber Eats orders. The chain has made changes into training as well as added company cars. You don't even, you may not even need your car if you go to a location that offers you the car. Mm -hmm. Added company cars at some Domino's location, including electric vehicles, as we know, you know, Chevy Bolts, so that workers who don't have cars can still make deliveries. And, you know, I mean, I, I think it's worth a shot. I think you guys, if you guys are tired of gamification, gamblification, man, you just go there, pick up the pizza, deliver, come back and do it again. And it may be, you know, yeah. change your pace or whatever. But I think uh, something not only that, out. not uh, you know what, if I was if I was working back at the pizzeria, I would have loved to probably have like ride share going. I mean, this yeah. is well before I stopped, I stopped driving in 2012 yeah. uh, or I mean 2013. And that was before Uber and Lyft even came around to the area. Um, but if, if ride share was, was a thing back then, I probably would have done it. And then, you know, when, when that shuts down, when I would have closed up, I would have just turned on the app and started driving. So yeah. uh, I would have made even more money at that point. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Hey, it's, it's a real possibility. I mean, if you're interested in it, it's, it's definitely something, I mean, the way some rates are going in some places when it comes to, to wages and stuff like that, yeah. um, it can be a real thing. I don't know how Domino's pays though, when it comes down to it. Um, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'm going to go figure it out. I was There's, so many Domino's. There's so many Domino's around. Yeah. Me. I'm going to go talk to a manager. I got, I deliver for Uber Eats, uh, what you got going here. And then let me see what it is. Yeah, no big deal. I'm nice. not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to do it for a month or two. This, this is this, right there. That's a perfect opportunity. You're a rideshare driver, a food delivery driver. You're already behind the wheel. You got the car. You hell, you may not even need the car, but yeah. you know you got the 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 car right there. So when it goes back to, should you put on your resume? Yes, yes, you, you should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you got anything more there, Serge? Um, no, actually, no. Plug for. Know your worth, please. Um, link in the show notes. Use Sergio for 15% off. The company link is in the show notes. We're going to donate a dollar myself and the company to uh, violent uh, gig workers or victims of violent um, violence during gig work. 
and we will make it transparent, put it out there. You know, product is made in the US, handmade, very high quality and cheap. Really, it's like 20 bucks a shirt. Serge, where's mine? I'm still waiting on my shirt. I'm gonna <laughs> get you, I'm gonna get you uh, uh, you know, I will have a new uh, model dropping off. I don't know if you like that, but if you like simple things, the one that one it says, uh, you know, stay calm, cherry pick with a cherry on the bottom. <laughs> Keep calm and cherry pick. Yeah, keep calm and cherry pick. Yeah. I have, oh, wow. I have the, I have my keep calm and chive on shirt. <laughs> For, yeah, so if anybody you, knows, if anybody knows the chive, <laughs> we'll you on know your worst one or there you go. or geekpreneur one. We'll see. On <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll have it on so I can I can sport it too. So we'll yeah, see. Right, maybe, you know, why not? Yep. All right. Yep. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day. Remember. Money Hungry is tomorrow with the kids, Kim and Zach. Uh, inside joke, if, if you don't know, but uh, we call My them joke, the kids because yeah. we've been doing this for a little bit longer than them uh, with Show Me the Money Club. But uh, make sure you check it out. So food delivery. Hey, who knows? Uh, maybe they'll be talking about some pizza too. Uh, but, uh, food delivery, last mile. Um, also, uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about, especially when it comes to um, the uh, you know futuring of gig work and what you should be doing as a gigpreneur um one of the things is uh we want to know so uh yeah. email sergio search at the rideshareguy.com so we can get a nice list of topics together uh, and then we can continue on with our series uh, we do have quite a few that we've already worked on but we want to know your input what do you guys want to know what are your questions uh when it comes down to it and uh other than that uh make sure you're subscribed if you're not i don't know why you're not already thumbs up and check oh, out all of our great other content. Oh, yeah. And smash that like button. <laughs> smash that like button. And, oh, we'll yeah. and then uh, I just want to say spe special thanks to Pete, uh, Peter Walt, Walt and Josh for coming on today uh, and talking about uh, kind of their playbook. And anybody else who's more interested in trying to get a grassroots movement going, uh, hit up Sergio as well so he can help you out, uh, get you in contact with them. Uh, and then hopefully... Maybe you can have a better better opportunity in your area. Um, I know I'm going to have to talk to them so I can talk to them about uh, Buffalo and maybe going to, to the state of New York. Well, new York City is a whole different beast. So anybody watching in New York City, uh, sorry, but upstate New York, <laughs> maybe we'll try to get something going um, so it can be, be a real benefit there um, I agree. for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you need to All start right. somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Yes. Don't back yes. down. Don't back down. There will be losses. But it's like, you know, you got to keep fighting. You got to keep grinding, people. Yep. You know, that's it. All right. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Make that money.